0: Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2006 This is the opening speaker for the weekend, Barb Good evening everyone, my name is Barbara, alcoholic, sober today and grateful to God and Alcoholics Anonymous Thanks for that and, uh, and thanks very much for for being here so I can have another day of sobriety and fantastic recovery. And that's what it's all about for me. Um, you know, I picked up a drink at about 11 and I stopped drinking at 33. It's just coming up 11 years in a couple of weeks a day at a time. And uh, one of those people, you know, who came to their first meeting and has never had a drink since. Um, who knows? Who knows why that is for some and not for others? The benefit for me is that I certainly got... Frightened enough into knowing that another drink was not going to be too good for me. The fear was just amazing. And I did stay sober for quite some time on fear and they said that'll do you but it's time to get on to something else. And thank God for me, you know, that uh, I'd like to, as this is a Steps weekend, which, you know, Bill W. has it written that Sobriety is freedom from alcohol, and that's well and good. But recovery is freedom from self. And I found that I was so caught up in myself, and, and I still am today, I'll let you know, but I can admit it a bit better, so caught up in myself that everything and anything that ever went wrong was all about everybody else. And when I stopped drinking, that's when I found out that I was an alcoholic. I never knew I was an alcoholic when I drank, because if I knew that, I wouldn't have drank. When I stopped, I found it extremely difficult to live in this world. So they gave me a program. And I've still found it difficult to live in this world. But I don't drink, and I manage to successfully do that on a daily basis. And each day, it seems to get a little bit easier, um, I have had a, a, an interesting time in recovery you know I've had the good, the bad, the sad and the glad and, uh, and the learning that comes from the program as each day goes on in my recovery what I can look back and learn. And you know it was pointed out to me that step one is about that honest reflection. That's something that I've been doing for nearly 11 years. Every time I come to a meeting I get to hear that honest reflection. I get to hear the honesty about how my life was with a drink. So it's really quite obvious, and I'm not stupid, so I can go, well geez, compare that to now. I'm really on my way, aren't I? I'm really doing well. So I must be doing something right. Then I can move on and find out how the rest of the program works. For me the difficulty has been that handing my life and my will over to a power greater than myself. And it's not that I don't believe that there's a power greater than myself. I certainly do, because I'm too scared not to. What if it's too strong, and what if it does something bad to me? But what I couldn't understand is why I was giving my life back that everybody says was freely given to me. Today, now I understand that all I have to do is take this life that was freely given to me and do something good with it. You know, that thy will be done, not mine. Try to find that direction. And that's made it a lot easier for me to be able to move on and get the process of this program. Have I done the steps? Yes, I have. But I found out that it never ends there. That it's something that I need to continually do. Pick up the big book. You know, in the first few years when I felt that it was doing me no good at all, reading all of this stuff and running around to all these steps meetings and trying so hard to get well and doing another fourth and doing another fifth and oh god I'm not handing it over properly and you must know a better way than me and I'll try that and I'll try this and this last couple of weeks for me you know it's funny how it takes something that is quite out of the ordinary to happen and for you to get through those experiences to realize just how much the programs working in your life. Over the last um, few months, I've been off work for five months on sick leave, and um, they haven't been able to really find out what's wrong. You know, they give you some names of different things, fibromyalgia, the body aches, and, and so what, you know. I really thought it was such a big deal, but I found out, you know, 50% of Australians have got it, so I thought, well, it's not that exciting to have, is it? So I got I got a little bit of identification with that, that honest reflection. I got that stuff about how it is, how to deal with it, how to get on with it. Anyway, through the x-rays and the different symptoms and the different pains, because I'm sober and I'm able to be persistent and I'm able to say, yes, there is something wrong, you can't just fog me off. They did some scans and some x-rays and they found a mark on my lung. And what did I do when I found they said that? I said, okay, so what's the deal here? Off to the specialist, she explained to me, drew some pictures and said, look Barb, if it looks like that, we send you on your way. If it looks like this picture, it's typically cancer. Yours looks like that picture. I went, okay, so what's next? The specialist explained the whole thing straight out, step by step, very, very clearly, just how I like it, straight down the line. What do we do? We do that. We do this. We do that. Off you go next week to the hospital. Have one of those, you know, things up your nose, down your throat, into your lung, a scraping, a sweeping, they do a washing. All this. You get your lungs washed out. Like, who gets that done? Fantastic. So you go there for that, you know, very scared, a little bit panicky. But I didn't make the mountain, you know, out of the molehill. I found that how how much and how hard I've been working at this program over the last 10 years, 11 months and 2 weeks that I realised, geez, you know, you're not too bad at this. You're really just fronting up here. You're dealing with what's supposed to be done and you're getting through it. Today I went back and had a PET scan. You know, we made a few jokes about that. We were looking for a few pets to take in and, you know, thinking that, you know, how they do that CAT scan. You know, you've had the CAT scan and the only pet I've got is a dog and he didn't really want to come. And So I went and had that and anxious and a bit of anxiety again. And I can tell you now, I went to have one of those things done quite a few years ago to look into my stomach you know, when you drink a lot and you get a lot of really strange pains and things. I actually got off the bed and walked out of the hospital, where this time I just stayed there and and took what was to come. And here I am again tonight, you know, I walked out of that hospital today, I didn't take any of the sedatives, I didn't need to, that's not, I took them because I didn't need them. Not that I'm a smart aleck, but I found that I could go through the procedure without any of those things. And here I am tonight, And I've been reflecting a lot in the last couple of weeks, and and it's been interesting. If you want to be catapulted into learning about how to live in the day, this is one way that it's happened for me, to live into the day. Yes, I can still make plans, because I'm not going to die, and that's not what it's about. It's about the realisation that here are the promises that are in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that I can now handle situations which I've proved through honest reflection that used to once baffle me. And I've got through that. And I'm here where I'm meant to be with my really honest to God family that has been with me daily for nearly 11 years. I can't say that about my actual family that I was born into. Through this experience you know I have a 24 year old daughter that when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous she was 13 years old and I used to belt and belt and scream and swear and she was such a pain in the neck. You know, but I loved her, if you ask me, of course I loved her, whatever that was. I came here you know and I I had this crazy daughter and, and she had a crazy mother And over the years, you know, my daughter picked up some bad habits, she smokes, she's not a drinker, she's not a drug taker, she's a a bank manager, 24, not too damn shabby, I'll take the credit too, I'll tell you, for coming here. And when I rang her last Friday and said, you know, look, I've got to go and have these tests, this has happened, blah, 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 and look, love, you know, i really like you to stop smoking, because I don't want you to have to tell your daughter this, and she hasn't had a cigarette since. And it's a week today. She goes to the gym every night. She's off to the footy tonight, of course, the Lucky Duck at Collingwood. And uh, she's off to the football and she doesn't smoke, you know. And and I spoke to her and she said, Oh, I went outside today, Mum. I was a bit anxious and I looked in my bag and I was looking for something and I went, Oh, no, you don't smoke. Already within the week, the positive way that she's speaking to herself, I can only take the credit for that too, of course. <laughs> through the 12 step program once again if I do this right the benefits are just amazing for the people around me when I don't do it right it's better that I'm not with any people then you don't get to see the real me at those times but what I've found is most of the time now I'm on that quite even keel which is not too bad for say 20 hours of the day asleep for a few of them and only four of them now is, is, is the madness, maybe. It's probably not even that, you know. So I look at this program today and I think why? Why don't people do it? Why don't they want to do it? How hard can it possibly be? I'm no better than anybody else and I can do it. Even when I thought I wasn't able to do it. Until something comes into your life. And I've had many, many things come into my life, and I've obviously handled them, but I never realized them and never gave myself the credit. And today, I can see that I'm not so self-obsessed with how I look, how you think I look, how I sound, how you think I sound. Am I saying the right thing? What are you going to think of me? I've realized that that's not the whole thoughts of my day now. And I don't know when that's happened. I was at Surface Paradise. You know, my daughter rang me a couple of weeks ago. She rings me all the time, and I ring her, and she says, Mum, I've got the next week off work. Do you want to come on a holiday with me? This is the daughter that I treated like I don't even know what I treated her like. You couldn't compare it. And I said, yep, that'll be great. You know, find something not too expensive because, you know, I'm a lucky duck. I'm off to America with my husband in three weeks holidays, and benefits, and recovery, and life, and, you know, why wouldn't you do the program? God. And, I, and so she looked on the net, and she said, the flights are this cheap, the accommodation's this cheap, let's go for a few days, and off we went. And I rang up a course when I got there and said, you know, this is where I am, where's an AA meeting? And a lovely chap on the phone, you know, he told me where there was a meeting, and, and he said, oh, Barb, are you here for the conference, for the convention? And I said to my daughter, there's a convention. She's in al so she's smarter than all of us, obviously. <clears throat> I said, there's a, a convention on, and it, we're going home on the Saturday morning, but of course this doesn't finish till the Sunday or the Monday. Uh, we go in. and we looked at each other and said, we're staying now. We changed our flights, we booked another couple of nights. I, then I rang my husband and said, is it all right? After I'd already done it. But you know, you've got to keep them in the link, don't you? you know let them think that they're in charge of you (laughs) and he's such a lovely person he would never say no anyway stay as long as you like so I've got to take that as a nice thing not a bad thing you want to stay another week huh? so off we went to that convention and the things that I heard you know once again in the right place at the right time this fellowship is just absolutely amazing Obviously, I have to be in the meetings to learn how to do this program. Obviously, I have to be here to have that honest reflection. Obviously, I have to be here to hear how you handle the situation that I'm in now. Obviously, I need to be honest with you about what's going on in my life. Otherwise, I can't get the honest results back. I can't get what I need if I'm not honest and telling you what's wrong with me today. I can't sit there and hide it. I have to let you know. We went to this convention, and um, I think I've still got about five minutes remaining, but Janet's a friend of mine. I've paid her a little bit on the side. And went to this convention, you know, and I went to a spiritual concept meeting, and my idea of a spiritual concept meeting is, you listen, I'll tell you how it was for me, and I'll tell you how it is now, and you be the judge if I'm spiritual. And I thought that was it. And it's not too bad of a concept, because my life is really crappy, I was treating my daughter really badly, and I'm not doing it now. So, I'm pretty spiritual. But a bloke stood back and he said, you know, when they come and ask me to share on the spiritual concept meeting, I thought to myself, why are they asking me? I don't believe in God. And of course, everybody went, oh my God, he can't be saying that. And he said, but I realized that Alcoholics Anonymous is not about God. It's not a God show. It's a spiritual show. And I am spiritual. So he shared at that meeting. And thank God for that once again, because that's been my biggest difficulty. I can do all of this stuff, all of this stuff, but sometimes I'm not quite sure how good or how honest or what I'm feeling or how I'm supposed to be in this. If your God is better than mine, or am I supposed to get on my knees at the side of the bed when everything else fails? Am I supposed to hand it over and give it to him 50,000 times a day and take it back? How disappointing is that? You know, I hear people say, I give it to him and then I take it back. I think I'm not going to give it to him because I don't want to be disappointed in taking it back. You know, and it was real, revealed to me that the spirituality, you know, the spirituality is, is from me. And through that meeting and another meeting, when a gentleman said, you know, I don't give it back, I don't hand it back and say, here God, here's my life and my will, I don't want it. I just ask for thy will be done, not mine. Now I've learnt how to steer that into a better direction that's comfortable for me. I understand that I am that child of a higher being, which is really quite comfortable and, and, and quite nice to be a child of somebody so great and wonderful better than the family I really did come from, not really, they're lovely people, but better than that disillusion that I had, and that that disappointment that I had, where now I can just say each day, please God help me to say the right things to others and to myself. That's been the biggest thing. Never could I say the nice things to me. And the other spirituality thing that he said, and that's what's taken away that, self-obsession for me today. He said, if I'm looking in the mirror and I'm thinking I'm too fat, if I'm looking in the mirror and thinking I'm too thin, if I'm saying, aren't I lucky with this beautiful house? How unlucky I am that I don't have a house. He said, that's not spiritual. And it sat with me so well that I don't have to worry about these things anymore. I just actually have to be. And keep on asking for those nice thoughts to come for me, so I can then project them onto you. What a lovely place I've been in over the last few months. Only because I've kept coming here, kept on listening, kept on doing this to the best of my ability. Even though I hadn't thought it was right. But when all else came to be very very difficult for me and I found that life was a little bit too hard and not giving me what I wanted I found that I've been doing this program because I wouldn't be here at the place I am without it So it's that when all else fails Alcoholics Anonymous and the program is there and thank God for that and tomorrow who knows what lessons I'm going to learn but if I drink I don't get that opportunity. I love what it talks about, that alcoholics give up on the 23rd hour. Many many times I've wanted to throw the towel in. And it's not that I've really wanted to drink, it's just that I haven't wanted what's been there for me. And I haven't known that I could turn a corner and take that other path, stood at the turning point, standing at the crossroads, always wanting to turn the wrong way. Now I know the right way to turn. If I just keep on asking for thy will be done and not mine, and I keep on doing that honest reflection all the time, I know that I won't drink. And the other thing that was said to me, and I'll finish now, thank you so much for your time, is what I do today is what's going to guarantee me sobriety tomorrow. Thank you so much. Information about the annual Melbourne Alcoholics Anonymous Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.